I'm Neil Osborne, and welcome to the Get to Yes podcast, where I teach, coach, consult, and speak on selling in the hair, beauty, and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients, or be they B2B salon owners or B2C salon and clinic clients, that being pushy just doesn't work? Talking doesn't work. However, asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion. Our belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater results, gain that recognition you're yearning for, or maybe even just learn that selling can be fun. Hi, Neil Osborne here from The Sales Catalyst. In this episode, we're going to jump in and we're going to go deep. We're going to go deep on prospecting. You know, that first step of the seven steps in the consultative sales process. The all-important starting point in building a constant flow of new business. So whether it be you're selling to beauty salons, skin clinics, or owners of hairdressing salons, we all need to acknowledge that it's possible to attract a constant flow of new business. As always, the constant flow needs a plan. I must admit, in the current business environment, this is the area that I get asked most about. You know how it goes. How do we increase the volume of our new business? This is what I want to focus on during this episode. To start off, let's move up and get a good aerial view of the task at hand. Firstly, new business comes to us primarily through two channels. The first we call inbound, as the client comes into us in response to some activity. These are inquiries generated by the marketing department. They may come to you from trade shows, advertising, publicity or social media activities, Google searches, those visiting your website, or from numerous other activities generally initiated by marketing. Those inquiries are normally warm to hot, and most salespeople have relatively high success rates here. The problem is, is it's rare that you secure enough new business here to survive alone, just on inbound leads. So for me, when I was running sales territories, I decided that inbound leads, if and when they came, would be the cream or the icing on the cake. So we had to develop another way. Today, that's called outbound, as we go out and we find the client and we get them to respond to our conversation. Sales professionals who are skilled at outbound generally go on to enjoy solid and predictable success. The first stage of developing a strategic outbound plan is what we call prospecting. If we go to Wikipedia, it describes prospecting as the first stage of a geographical analysis of the territory. Hmm. It is the physical search for the minerals, or in our case, the physical search for the gold, or as we call the gold, the ideal new client. So if we're to build a strategic prospecting plan, where should we start? Again, we need to step back and have a look at the bigger picture for us who are managing sales territories. Because there's generally, well, only two ways to gain that growth. One is geographically, or two is to pursue our avatar. So let's work through the strategic geographical plan first. We start with designing a planner, which ensures that we're going to be able to reach and cover all of the major geographical areas of our allocated territory. 
Once we have our draft planner created, the next phase has three really simple steps. The first thing that goes into the planner are our rocks. These are the larger and important commercial activities. Generally speaking, these are head office or brand building activities. They may be the sales conferences, trade shows, or exhibitions, or major training events, or international guest artists, or shows. These are rocks because they're major and they're important tasks, and we need to make sure that we're available to attend and support those rocks. The second layer is what we call the pebbles, as the pebbles can fit in around the rocks. They are a local, state-based, and client-based, and all sales-focused activities. These may include local events, local training, education events, monthly sales meetings, and the all-important regular meetings with your existing stockists or clients. Then comes the next and by far the most important of what we're talking about today, and that is new business opportunities. These are the critical blocks of time we must allocate within our territory planner to prospect, to research, and more importantly, make contact with or visit new business opportunities on a regular and ongoing basis. This single activity is a vital part of our growth plan. Finally, the third part of our metaphor is sand. Sand fits in between all the larger rocks as well as between the pebbles, and we identify the sand as administrative tasks. These are tasks that we can knock over in small chunks of time. They may be returning phone calls, responding to emails, completing reports, updating your CRM, updating forward travel planners and various other planning and administrative activities. These are critical for us to remain organised so we can focus on the business of new business. Now that we've completed the planning process, we should be able to clearly see the areas or geographical clusters where we have our existing clients and in turn should also be able to identify the geographical gaps. You know, the geographical areas where we don't have the required number of stockists when compared to the volume of opportunities in those areas. So, as we start to build our plan, we need to be more mindful that a lot of things have changed in the way that clients buy these days and the way that they more importantly react to us when we're doing a cold call. Most market segments are highly competitive, so we can no longer afford just to park the car and visit every opportunity in the given suburb or town. To attract a higher quality client, we need to shift our behaviours and also our expectations. Firstly, we need to stop expecting instant results from prospecting, but rather understand that building relationships around trust and respect is a slightly longer-term process. This can take anywhere from 30 to 60 to 90 or even 120 days sometimes, depending on the type of client you're targeting, your product, your service, its price, or even the market sector you're working in. We need to be mindful that this process is a journey, not a race. I was first taught that at this stage of the sales funnel, my task was to do lots and lots of calls, reaching out to as many people as possible. Therefore, putting as many suspects as possible in the funnel was the rule. I was always instructed to follow. I was first taught that at this stage of the sales funnel, my task was to do lots and lots of calls, reaching out to as many people as possible. Therefore, putting as many suspects as possible in the funnel was the golden rule. The flaw in that approach 
is that a lot were not qualified. Therefore, while we had large numbers in our funnels, a lot were just dropping off along the way. That's truly what we call a numbers game, or as someone called it, spraying and praying. Unfortunately, it didn't always produce the best results. However, things started to shift because we started to measure how many we actually had to reach out to so that we could achieve our final new business numbers. After all, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So what are your numbers? How many suspects do you need to put in the top of your funnel to get the right number coming out the bottom as new accounts on a monthly, quarterly or regular basis? For most, when you work it out, your numbers will surprise you. In general, across hair and beauty salons in Australia and New Zealand, cold calling by phone alone will yield quite a low result, somewhere in the vicinity of 2 to 3%. Cold calling en masse in a suburban or regional area without a focus can yield 5 to 7%. And when I say cold calling there, I mean physically visiting, going in the door. Again, cold calling by going through the door on a pre-selected avatar can yield a far more productive conversion of between 10 to 20%. However, client referrals come out the highest and they tend to range around about 50%. Please note though, that for some market segments, the above numbers may vary. And depending on the habits and styles within those, for example, I was chatting with someone just the other day and we're talking about the medical market. Well, in that case, you know, to get in the door of the medical market, a lot of people use telephone. And in that market, it can work and can work quite well. However, when we're calling hair and beauty, we just don't get the cut through at all. So please use those numbers just as a guide. So let's assume, though, that your KPI is nine accounts per quarter as your company is young and you're enjoying a good solid growth cycle. You're currently using our avatar-based model of previous podcasts and you're working within that 10 to 20% success band. That in turn means that you would need to have between 45 to 90 opportunities circulating in your funnel per quarter. Hence why I refer to them as suspects at this stage, not prospects. Working on the mean of about 67 opportunities, that means per month you will need to be identifying and being in contact with at least 22 opportunities per calendar month to ensure you achieve your new business goal. Generally, when I get called in to help with increasing new business, the first thing I notice is there's just not enough outbound activity in place. Therefore, before I can increase their output or their results, we need to address the volume in the funnel. See, the volume is the key to your long-term success. So how are you tracking? If you were being tasked with KPIs of nine new business openings per quarter, what would be your KPAs? Let's clarify what I mean by that. By definition, a KPI is a key performance indicator. Mostly it refers to a numeric value, reflecting a key or an optimum performance. For example, we want three new accounts per month. However, KPIs don't explain or communicate your KPAs. KPAs are key performance activities. 
So what activities do you need to ensure you are doing on a regular or pre-planned basis to ensure that you have the right volume in the funnel to ensure that you go on to achieve your KPI? Hmm, definitely some time needed to be spent there with the calculator and a bit of thought. So based on what we've discussed so far in this episode, your KPAs here would be, for example, one, to agree that inbound leads are going to be the cream on the cake. Two, create or revise our territory planner and look for those gaps. Three, ensure we have all of the rocks in place. Four, be clear about the pebbles. By the way, the critical step here is to ensure that you avoid cancelling or changing your cold call or prospecting time to other activities. Plan out the sand and don't let it get in the way of the other, more important sales generating activities. By completing the plan, you'll identify your geographical gaps. The next step is to work out your numbers. That is how many you need in your sales funnel to achieve the required KPI. Acknowledge that you need to focus on the KPAs to achieve the required result. Also, acknowledge that the beginning of the consultative sales process starts with prospecting, and that requires some thought and definitely a solid plan. Finally, and for some, the most important you need is to have a professional discipline to do what's required by when it's required. Oh, by the way, going forward, don't give up your prospecting time for other tasks, because prospecting is what produces the gold. Until next time, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.